Hello and welcome to Movies on the Side. This is Stephen Robles. And Nate Baranowski is here. I actually turned off the recording before uh, we recorded this intro, so that's totally my bad. But anyway, he's on the rest of the episode. And I'll just say we're doing the 1996 movie The Rock, starring Sean Connery, Nicolas Cage, and Ed Harris. Nate does a couple of Sean Connery impressions. We talk about early Michael Bay directing and explosions. And what happens when you have a low budget for bubbly face special effects. All that and more on Movies on the Side. This week, we reviewed the 1996 classic, The Rock. Not Dwayne The Rock Johnson, which came up every time I tried to search about anything regarding this movie. But The Rock, starring Nicolas Cage, Sean Connery, and Ed Harris. Nate, you asked that we review this movie. Why? Well, it was on Amazon Prime. (laughs) It's it's a choice of convenience? Yes, well, no. (laughs) I have heard a lot about it. So through the years, I feel like it has been on the periphery of action movie cliches. I know several of the scenes. It's one of those movies that played on cable throughout the early aughts. Did you see this before? I have only seen pieces of it. Again, like on Spike or on (laughs) TNT or... FX, yeah. Exactly. Like all of these played this movie a lot. So I knew little bits of it. I knew the the shot of the quick zoom to Sean Connery. Welcome to the Rock. <laughs> and like I know all of these little scenes. I've seen a bunch of it, but I have never put it pieced it all together into one coherent movie. So I texted Stephen listeners and I said, "Let's do the Rock." And he said, "Great, great idea. Which one?" Should we do Rampage? Should we do (laughs) Jumanji 2? No, no, no. Not let's do a Dwayne The Rock Johnson movie. Let's do the movie The Rock. Steven, what was your experience with this movie before we watched it this week? I for sure have seen it before. Probably have seen scenes of it multiple times. Always on TV. Always during my adolescence, like you're saying, on USA Network or whatever. Right. But when I was re-watching it... I actually remembered very, very little of the movie. I remember Nicolas Cage pulling out a chain of green marbles. Yes. And then I remember the end. Listen, do we even do a spoiler horn for this? I mean, this is 1996. I think we don't need it for this one, to be honest. If you haven't seen The Rock at this point in time, it's on Prime for literally seven more days as the crow flies. So get after it if you have Amazon Prime. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no spoiler horn in this one. At the end, when Nicolas Cage is holding the two green flares in like a crucifix position, <laughs> slowly in the camera, slow motion, and the fighter jet is like just, they're flying overhead. That was the one moment I remember. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, they meant it to be memorable because it was in super slow mo. But those are the two things I distinctly remember. And then everything else, like I had no idea there was like a fight in some mine. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like a, mine. a Donkey Kong mine cart. Yeah, like that's not in Alcatraz. I don't know Alcatraz, but surely that's not in there. Welcome to the rock. All right. We have to get into this movie. I have so many thoughts, but my very first thought I have to tell you before we even get to Rotten Tomatoes is this. There is something about watching a movie that you've only seen bits and pieces on 
cable when you realize how much more profanity there is in it oh, yeah. than you remembered because they did that like funky like you know losers whine all the time and winners they're going kiss the, the prom queen and it's like <laughs> oh i always thought the line was kiss or whatever right it's like nope not that it's a rated r movie i mean it's rated r which it is i feel like well some of the violence was a little gratuitous i i feel like unnecessary also but if made nowadays i think this movie could be dialed back to a very pleasant pg-13 yeah absolutely let me give you the rotten tomatoes nate because i was a little surprised by this okay. did you see it already no i have not well the critics gave it 66 percent 66 percent for critics do you feel like that's high that feels kind of high, but I feel like the audience would be at like 80. Oh, that's a good call. The audience was at 85. Yeah. 85%. Like, I have known that this movie is beloved by the action fans. But I think the only thing people remember is the exact line you said, which I didn't know if we were going to save it till later in the episode, but when Sean Connery says, welcome to the rock, which I, I can't yes. do Sean Connery. Yes. That's the only thing people remember and that it's an action movie. That's the only thing people know. This movie is also directed by Michael Bay. I did not realize that. Right. This seems like an early Bay joint. <laughs> this is an early Bay. I believe Armageddon was right after this. So this is 1996, which I, if you had asked me before I watched this movie, when this movie was released, I would have said 91. I would have said 89. I thought this movie was <laughs> in the late 80s. Right. Armageddon was two years later, 1998. So this is... I knew it was a Michael Bay movie at the beginning when they put him in the credits. Right. And after, I wish I hadn't known it was Michael Bay because then I wouldn't know to look for explosions in every scene. Oh my goodness. And very like one dimensional female characters. I wouldn't have known to look for these until I knew it was Michael Bay. And then, then it is top full impact Michael Bay. We're going to have to talk about the explosions, but I think we should go a little bit chronologically because this movie is bonkers from the beginning. This movie opens with Ed Harris yes, sir. standing in the rain, looking at a tombstone of his wife, mm -hmm. I guess. Yes. The very first line of this movie is Ed Harris looking at the tombstone and he says, I miss you so much, which again, we've, we've said on this, on this podcast before. And I, this is something that friend of the show, Matt Glover says often, show me, don't tell me. <laughs> And it's like, you're standing at a gravesite putting flowers on a tombstone. In the rain. In the rain. We obviously know you miss whoever it is that's down there. I don't think you have to say, I miss you so much. I miss you so much. This is a Michael Bayism, I believe, where people say... They don't say what they should. They say what they're doing, yeah. and they describe what they're thinking in a way that you, sh you need to see it. That is exactly right. He says the line. Not only does he say, I miss you so much. He says, like, what I'm about to do, I couldn't do while you were alive, but now I'm going to do it. Now that you're dead, please still love me. But I hopefully they will listen now because I'm about to do something sort of dangerous, but for a good cause. The end. <laughs> That's what it sounded like to me. Yeah. What I just paraphrased was the feeling that I got of like, okay. Yeah. You could have just kissed the gravestone and like walked away 
and that would have been like, oh, okay, so he's about to do something. And and leaving your medal behind is also a, a symbol of like, hey, I'm putting away all this nobility and I'm doing something yeah. outside the lines. Also, the fact that he is the opening character and we have so much oeuvre around his emotions right then, he's really not in this movie a ton. Like, he's not the main actor of this movie or even like the second. Okay, I... I I think that this was a reshoot. I think that Ed Harris as a more sympathetic antagonist Mm. was added in later to show that, oh, he's not just a bad guy. He has some like ideals. He just goes about them in a bad way. All right. So we go to the very next scene. We're we're in now it's all action. Now's the action time. Ed (laughs) Harris and his cronies are infiltrating some military compound to steal some gas biological weapon missiles biological weapon <laughs> whatever there's the scene when they're taking the gas out and they say many times don't it's this is deadly this is very deadly gas don't mess don't around do it. with it mm-hmm. they drop a little ball of it and they, we see one of <laughs> i hate that i hate <laughs> this scene so much i hate body horror in general in movies yes but, yes that was cut from the TNT edit. Oh, absolutely. There's a lot, you know, movies do this thing where there's a danger, impending doom, something, someone is going to die, and then there's a door. Whoever gets through the door is going to live. Whoever's on the other side of the door is going to die. And you have this moment of... Brought to you by Roland Emmerich. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Is there enough time for that last person to get through the door? Now, in the core, <laughs> when oh Stanley Tucci has his legs pinned under a thing... He's not going to get through the door. Like, we understand that. Right. In this movie, I feel like that guy had plenty of time. I don't know how this gas works. I feel like it's not spraying, but I feel like he could have gotten through that door. The power of this weapon is either a lot or a little, depending on who's talking about it. Because Mm. throughout this movie, if you break one of those green balls, someone said earlier, like, a teaspoon of this will, like, knock out a hundred feet radius. (laughs) Yeah, something like that. There definitely have some balls that drop, and I think, oh, okay, so is everyone on Alcatraz dead? No, just the guy you shoved in his mouth. Well, that yes, so I want to get to that too. But anyway, I don't like body horror. I didn't like that scene. And I also feel like when you have a scene where someone's face literally bubbles Mm -hmm. and then he dies, Mm -hmm. you feel like you're in for a movie that's going to have a lot more of bubbling faces. Really glad they didn't have more bubbling faces. (laughs) I bet if I had to guess... That's a special effect budget that you just don't have. Yeah, you get two of these. You, you get, get two, two of those. <laughs> you get, two, you get you... one early and you get one later. <laughs> That's it. Then enter Nicolas Cage. I feel like we haven't done a lot of Nicolas Cage movies. We haven't. And that's on us. Maybe we should do a Nicolas... <laughs> Nicolas Cage playing Nicolas Cage in this movie. Like, as cagey as you can. <laughs> Nicolas A lot Cage. of yelling and a lot of Beatles and... Uh, oh, um, Stuck on an island with a bunch of violence for pleasure-seeking psychopathic marines. Shame on them! The exploration that I had going down the trivia section of the movie The Rock from 1996 Mm -hmm. is worth the price of admission. (laughs) You should read all of these. But at some point in time, one of the trivia items is like Michael Bay and Nicolas Cage uh, both give different reasons why he's playing guitar naked in the, at the beginning of this movie and michael bay says it's because nicholas cage wanted to show off his body and his like what and nicholas cage just wanted to establish that he was at home and it's like who asked these guys these questions why do i have <laughs> quotes of this that's so strange and it it felt weird too because when we first see him i'm like is he naked 
<laughs> I can't tell. I mean, it's a big guitar. Yep. You know, he's not like playing a ukulele. Yep. I mean, he's he's not really that exposed. But anyway, but that comes after the scene that I want to talk about, which is this establishing scene of Nicolas Cage as some kind of chemist scientist. Uh, right. This entire scene just made me mad because A, it was terribly done. And B, like they, oh, Nicholas Cage and this other guy, some trainee, mm-hmm. are supposedly going to open this package that might have some deadly chemical weapon inside of it. And so Correct. they're all suited and, up. And they're wearing the suits. Yeah. And I think to myself, like, okay, nothing bad can happen to them because they are prepared for a chemical weapon. Right. This is, the, this is their job. Right. They're doing the thing. Right. They open this thing, and the other guy, not Nicholas Cage, picks up some baby doll out of the package mm-hmm. and begins to flippantly play with the baby doll. This is after they've seen a gas mask in the box. So they're right, like, oh, this isn't a good sign. <laughs> Which is like, if you're trying to chemically weapon someone, do you put a gas mask in the package? <laughs> like, is that a strategy? Hey, wear this. <laughs> this will save you. Yeah, this is just kill everybody around you. But here you go. This is strange. I was going to say, the, the guy plays with the baby doll and then the baby doll spews poison, mm-hmm. gas and liquid mixture, it seems like, all over the room. Mm-hmm. And then chaos ensues. Mm-hmm. The The guy playing with the baby doll, which I'm like, if you have any level of professionality, I feel like you would not yeah. play with a possibly weaponized baby doll. I thought I was going to get another bubble face. <laughs> Absolutely. I thought there was no bubble face coming. But this whole scene, they go through this... We got. Oh, we can't turn on the fans. The fans aren't working. And then the fans work to suck up the poison. But then the guy's gloves are melting because this is apparently... An- then the sprinklers don't work. Then they include C4 that'll blow up the whole building. Then some people leave and evacuate. And then he's sitting there with a countdown timer. And then they talk about injecting yourself in the heart with a needle. But I don't understand why because if... If if you're worried about poison getting into your body, putting a hole in your suit's probably not a good idea either. And it was a mess. A mess of a scene. How does injecting anything into your heart counteract some aerosol that affects your lungs and inject it in your heart before your suit melts? I turned to my medical student wife at this oh, point yes, in time and right. said, What is this thing that they're putting on there? And she says Uh, I don't see how that would work. But then she had a thought and she said a lot of medical jargon afterwards. Like, well, if it was like a, if it was like a benzol sort of thing, maybe it could give you with you because it would increase your heart. Uh, It could help. I don't know. A vasodilator, vasoconstrictor. She started mentioning things that made it sound like, oh, maybe it would work depending on the. Did you ask her this? Is it even possible to physically, untra- when you're untrained and not a medical student nor medical doctor, actually take <laughs> a large needle and plunge it into your own heart? Is that even a thing that you can reasonably do? I don't know. I really don't know. I feel like I would do it and I'd hit my sternum and be like, well. That's exactly right. Yeah. And then it would just. <laughs> and then it's over. Which, again, jumping to the end, somehow Nicolas Cage manages to do this at the end. And honestly, in that scene, it looks like he stabs himself in the stomach, which I'm like, he's dead. That's he, a low heart. It's a low-hanging heart. <laughs> he got his diaphragm. He didn't get his heart. It's right in the lung. But anyway, this this whole scene, I could not figure out if this was some kind of training scenario where they're trying to haze the new guy. Right. Like, it was all going to be at the very end. It was going to be like, see, this is why you don't play with, like, the lights come on and everyone has a good laugh. Like, yeah, exactly. this is why you don't play with this sort of things. Nope, it's right. real. But it was a real, apparently. But I... Didn't like any of that. And 
Nicolas Cage in general, as you said, played Nicolas Cage in this movie. Mm -hmm. There are movies I like Nicolas Cage in. Mm -hmm. Gone in 60 Seconds. He's mm -hmm. good in that movie. National He's, Treasure, maybe. Yeah, 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 better than this movie for sure. I did not like Nicolas Cage one iota throughout this entire movie. I liked Nicolas Cage for the middle section when he's a fish out of water. I think when you put him against Sean Connery as like, I'm not a field agent, I think he's good. But he plays so many different versions of himself in this movie that he kind of starts off a little cocky, a little like big fish in a small chemical engineering pond <laughs> and then he becomes like a fish out of water and really uncool compared to sean connery and then at the end he's also kind of like i don't know it's it's weird he goes through so many different iterations that i liked about 40 percent of the different characters he was playing but it did not seem like one man the whole reason why nicholas cage is in this movie or his character is because ed harris has taken over alcatraz the prison island off the coast of san francisco that is no longer used as a prison, but he is now stationing his chemical weapons there because he wants to blackmail the U.S. government. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. Blackmail the government into paying millions of dollars to him so then he could pay families of deceased military people because they deserve that money. Is that... Yes, because the government did not give the families compensation for the, them doing secret ops. So that is his mm, like thing. I'm, right. I actually think that some of the money goes to him and the rest of it goes straight to those families from the government. Yeah. That's his plan. Well, he's got a finder's fee. The use of Alcatraz, I did enjoy quite, quite a lot. Yeah. I think it's a really fun place that I'm like, yep. I, when they took over Alcatraz, well, number one, in the tour... In 1995, or whenever they were filming, the fact that anyone was allowed to just like, we're going to lock you up in some cells, that gave me some heebie-jeebies. And if anyone <laughs> were to put me, lock me in a jail for even a second of my tour of Alcatraz, I'd be like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. And those prisoners, we get a couple scenes of the prisoners like yelling through the bars. And reaching dramatically reaching. through a Sean Connery once. <laughs> yeah, well, that's weird too, but I'm like... Like they've been in there for years. That was an opportunity. If you're going to put hostages... In the island, mm -hmm. I would say, give me a B plot of some guy in the jail cell that's going to actually try and break out and like get the hostages. You know, I feel like spend less time with Sean Connery getting a haircut and more time <laughs> with like a prisoner or something. Yes. So Nicolas Cage is enlisted to help them with this problem because there's a bunch of chemical weapons on Alcatraz that's being threatened to mm -hmm. being uh, released over San Francisco. But they need an expert in Alcatraz, someone who has escaped, but not officially, mm -hmm. because the government doesn't want people to know people say escape from Alcatraz. So, enter Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Money penny. He looks so cool. <laughs> this guy is old. Yeah. But there's something about him with super long hair being shackled, walked down, that one, he looks great. Yep. Mm -hmm. Two... Sean Connery is at peak old man cool in this movie, and I think it was very much a Michael Bay decision, maybe at the behest of Sean Connery, who at times, it says in the trivia, suggested Bay needed to rehearse more and just slow down in the morning. <laughs> like he was giving Michael Bay some like pointers on how to be a director. I'm sure Sean Connery had a little point like, listen, I'm not going to be in a scene if I'm not extremely cool. <laughs> yes he said exactly that i'm sure so sean connery they bring him in 
and they recruit him. There's a scene, you know, he's always trying to escape. Mm-hmm. He's an escape artist, they say. He also knows who killed JFK, apparently. And then the aliens in Roswell, it's like, hold on a second, Michael the, Bay. <laughs> that line, when they said, he knows about everything. He knows about Roswell, and he knows, I'm like, please. This man knows our most intimate secrets from the last half century. The alien landing at Roswell, the truth about the JFK assassination. Anyway, the whole scenes with him getting his hair cut and plotting to get released. Whatever, that's fine. He took that rope from the shower and somehow got it to underneath the hair cutting cape. Right. I don't exactly know how he transported that rope, but I might not want to know. <laughs> Maybe he hid it in his hair. Because it was pre-haircut, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The scene, there's a car chase scene because Sean Connery does escape from this hotel that he demands mm-hmm. to be put up in. Mm-hmm. This car chase, Nate, this is where Michael Bay really shines. And by shines... Oh, I was about to say this is the worst car chase I've ever seen in my life. That's what, that's what I was... You know, what I mean by <laughs> shines is Michael Bay goes full Michael Bay. And I, it is just ridiculous. This is the greatest... The greatest thing that I saw in the trivia section of The Rock is that Michael Bay quoted how it was the biggest, and then he uses a term that I'm not going to use on here, uh, we'll call it biggest mess up of his entire career was this whole getting permits to film in San Francisco streets and budget running out halfway through the scene. Wow. And he had to do this car chase because he says, quote unquote, the young demographic loves a good car chase. Oh my god! And it shows because the shaky cam, the it is nonsensical, horrendous, involves some lines like, he's running into everything. <laughs> It is the most insane car chase scene. In in not a good way. In when you say insane, this is not yeah. this is not like, oh wow, they they made some decisions. It was like this is this is bad. This is bad editing. This is bad shooting. This is nonsensical. Yes, this is bad. You know, I I, I don't know if we're, we'd be prepared for this. Uh, I'm not saying we bring back the top five today. Mm-hmm. But maybe once after we rate this movie, we recall one of our favorite car chase scenes from a movie. Mm, okay. There are many to go by. But anyway, I did, my note on this scene is the explosions. So many. At the end, there is a streetcar that falls on its side or runs into some other cars. Yep. The explosions are so massive. Huge explosions. Yep. I don't even know how, why a trolley car would explode. There's no gas. The trolley car operator walks away from that somehow yeah i was wondering where he was the whole time <laughs> like if he was in that trolley he'd be dead apparently sideways in there i, I guess and then nicholas cage who conveniently the next car in the valet line was a ferrari of sean course. connery steals the humvee <laughs> nicholas cage yep. gets a ferrari so 1996 ferrari. and there's always that that one clip if, if there's any car chase in san francisco there's that one jump clip where they're like jumping yep. over that the thing yep at the end though Nicholas Cage has, his car is immobilized in the middle of the street. The streetcar or something is like coming towards him. And Nicholas Cage shoots his own airbag that has gone off mm-hmm. and then gets out of the car mm-hmm. and rolls away. Why did he have to shoot the airbag first? I have no idea. Maybe he, <laughs> if, if an airbag deploys, I don't think it stays out and pins you in the car. No. Otherwise, it's a bad airbag. The, the, like yeah, an airbag. I, <laughs> if it, if it had deployed. 
deploys and then pins you against your seat and traps you in a car. That's a bad airbag. <laughs> it's a bad airbag. I've also been, uh, not to reveal too much, but I've been in three accidents that I've, the airbags has gone off. And I can assure you, it does not stay inflated. Yes. Like some huge balloon. Yes. And the way he shot it too, he would have shot himself in the leg. He like points the gun yeah. downward. <laughs> and the, <laughs> airbag is it? And the gun's right by his head. He would lose his hearing for yeah, a couple exactly. days. This is During- ridiculous. <laughs> So in this middle of this car chase, I think it's the car chase, a theme comes in that it goes something like that. And I thought to myself, hold on a second. Is this Pirates of the Caribbean? And at this point in time, I looked, and sure enough, no. a composer credit is Hans the Man Zimmer. <laughs> no! Who lived before Pirates of the Caribbean. There was a little bit of Pirates theme. Nate. Just kind of mixed into the rock. I hope you can find it somewhere. It definitely plays, I think, during the credits. So if you could pull a little piece okay, here, okay. we'll call it Off-Brand Pirates. <laughs> This would be the biggest cover-up in movie history. Movie cinematic scoring history that Hans Zimmer is recycling melodies from 1996. I would just say it feels like step one towards Pirates, like he was developing that mm-hmm. and then went, mm-hmm. I could make it better. Because it does feel like Pirates does a better job at this theme, but I loved being able to recognize a little bit of Zimmer. That's amazing. So the car chase scene ends. Sean Connery finds his daughter. I don't even know if we have time to get into that. I'll just say it here. He finds his daughter. They have a talk. It doesn't matter. We never see her again. Right. It is just a beautiful woman uh, who is his daughter, and she never comes back in again, and that's it. That's it. That's that's the end of that. And Okay. Her name is Jade. And then Sean Connery and Nicolas Cage are charged with infiltrating Alcatraz with some military people to mm-hmm. stop the poisonous gas. Mm-hmm. Once we get to this point, Nate, it's basically just Sean Connery and Nicolas Cage yelling at each other or action scenes. Yes. I mean, does that that sounds about right, right? Yes. Yeah. It just becomes kind of a shooty, dark, explosion, uh, wet. <laughs> it seems like just like a miserable place to shoot for the rest of the movie. Yes. And this goes into so many... I don't know if action movies have copied this over the years or if this is... I can't tell if it's the progenitor of the problems with action movies mm. or just part of the... You know, just one of many symptoms of it. But man... It is, action-wise, it is just, I'm done with it. Like, I'm done with this type of movie of just, yeah. you got an assault rifle, you look so cool loading the magazine, you you can recock the gun, <laughs> the one hero learns to shoot. At some point in time, Nicolas Cage, who hasn't used a lot of profanity, or none throughout, finally, like, becomes a quote-unquote, like, warrior and shoots a dude while using profanity. <laughs> and it, it, it is done in such slow motion, heroic vibes. Like, look, murdered a dude. And I was like, are we just celebrating like that this science guy was like, now I'm a killer too. Yeah, but this movie totally dehumanizes whoever the bad guy is at the moment. Right. <laughs> like, because that changes. Because like the first half of the movie, the guys in Alcatraz doing the Lord's work in getting millions of dollars for their 
you know, the families of their deceased comrades. Right. You're supposed to sympathize with them. Right. And then once Sean Connery, Nicolas Cage, and their people come in, then it's like, oh, no, no. Those guys were just, they're garbage people. They're the bad guys. They're mercenaries. They're, yeah. they're mercenaries, yeah. The, so just forget I would it. say the one decent scene in the whole, we'll say, second half, before it gets to the final climax, is when Ed Harris and the like Navy SEAL leader are yelling at each other to stand down (laughs) and give the order. And you truly do want, they can, like, they're all military and they have this, like, we have this code, we don't really want to fire, but we both have missions, like competing missions. Right. And you do root for them to not shoot each other, which I think is, is pretty, it's kind of cool for a movie to be like, actually, I like how you're kind of rooting for them not to shoot each other. And then the movie tries to have it both ways and it's like, Okay, but now that they are, let me give you two minutes of just blood flying everywhere. Stand down, Captain! Like it clicked into an action movie trench and just like, well, now we're one directionally heading forward on this route. Right. That minecart scene was another one where apparently they ran out of money halfway through. It was going to be a lot more <laughs> intricate. And instead it was just like oh, a couple people moving in a bucket for a right. few minutes. <laughs> I still don't believe that that is under Alcatraz. <laughs> why Why is there a massive mine in this prison island? I don't understand that. But the scene you were just talking about where Ed Harris and the other guys are like yelling at each other. After that scene, all the bad guys die except for like the third in command guy who wants to continue on with the poisoning of San Francisco. Yeah, because we get to the point where I wrote this as a note earlier on. If you're Ed Harris, if someone in your crew suggests starting to kill hostages, they're a bad dude and you need to let them go. Yeah. Early on, one of the, the guys that they brought in is like, maybe we should start shooting a couple hostages. Right. And if I was Ed Harris and I was against killing innocent people, yeah, I would be like, all right. You can go now. <laughs> the next scene is seeing that guy fly through the air into the water outside. Exactly. I'm going to launch you with a rocket. Yeah, you get a Wilhelm but scream. Here comes one of the biggest plot holes for me is this. It is revealed that Ed Harris never really wanted to launch chemical weapons at San Francisco and right. kill thousands and thousands of people. Right. If that was his plan, if, like he says later, we bluffed, they called our bluff, mission over. And he was never intending to hurt anyone. I understand stealing the weapons to make it look like you could do this. If you're Ed Harris, take out the, like, sabotage the rockets so that they can't hurt people. Why, Why have at all a chance that you fire the rockets and kill people if that's truly not what you want to do? That is true, because you could steal the chemical weapons at the beginning of the movie, but then swap it out with, like, green jello. And that's all you bring to Alcatraz is green jello bulbs. Exactly. Like, steal the weapons and, like, just bury them Jumanji style in the earth. And then all the the people that are with you on Alcatraz could be in on it and be like, listen, hey, everyone, just a real quick thing. We're never going to launch these rockets. If you're here, raise your hand if you think that we're going to fire rockets at San Francisco. Okay? (laughs) You guys can leave because we're not actually going to kill people. (laughs) Thanks. Yeah. Except, I guess, except other Navy SEALs? I don't know. It's, I'm not sure. It is, I think they, again, probably part of the reshoots of like, listen, we want you to kind of be conflicted about Ed Harris, that he's a noble, like, Sean Connor. I looked in his eyes, he wasn't a killer. <laughs> okay. Did he say that in this movie? He does say something like that. I looked into his eyes. It's fine. We can leave. <laughs> he's not going to fire those rockets. <laughs> That'd be a great uh, reshoot. Deleted scene. But... 
because so Ed Harris dies in this shootout once his you know third in command challenges him, and then our final fight scenes are with this guy that we've heard two words from the whole movie. You know, we don't get a climax with Ed Harris and Sean Connery. We don't. Or Ed Harris and Nicolas Cage. I feel like that would have been an enjoyable... We get terrible, terrible script lines about like, you want to know what Rocket Man is? You're the Rocket Man. <laughs> that was insane. Like, eat that on line. this. <laughs> and it's like, ah, oh, I hate this. It's you. You're the Rocket Man. It is a bad, bad script. It's a bad script. We get to the final moments, mm-hmm. and Nicolas Cage is fighting this guy. Mm-hmm. The guy is winning, but Nicolas Cage has mm-hmm. a little poison ball. Mm-hmm. And this is very problematic, Nate. Nicolas Cage is on his back on the floor, mm-hmm. and the other guy is choking him from above. Mm-hmm. And Nicolas Cage takes the little green poison ball mm-hmm. and sticks it in the guy's mouth mm-hmm. and then punches him in the face. Mm-hmm. And and then the guy, you know, goes bubble, all bubble out. face. Bubble face number two. Yeah, that's right. Is Michael Bay telling me that when you are actively choking someone, you don't have control mm-hmm. over your own mouth, that it is so <laughs> involuntary that someone couldn't stick a large egg-sized ball into your mouth and you have no control to stop it? Yep. Mm. Yep. Yeah, that, that doesn't check out for me. He shoves that Tide packet pouch right <laughs> into his mouth and it's like, right. yeah, why did you let that happen? And also, I feel like Nicolas Cage, no amount of needle to the heart's going to save you. You were right yeah. next to that ball oh, when that yeah. thing crunched. We saw. We all saw the first guy at the beginning of the movie, full bubble face. Yeah, he wasn't that close and he got bubble face. The, the ending fight scene was not enjoyable. Then he holds the green flares and then, yeah, yeah. oh, at some point in time, the president gives a really moving speech, but we don't really know oh. much about the president so we don't care that much but he was like it's actually very hard like he gets thoughtful for a moment of like comparing thousands of lives to 81 it's the hardest day of my life and i was like man this would be a cool speech if i knew anything about you mr president (laughs) that whole speech was so michael bay like first of all but also so Mm -hmm. unnecessary so not in line with the rest of the movie superfluous no and it's like who is the president he looks a little bit like nixon (laughs) <laughs> like the guy who's playing the president, but we're not at that time. Like, I don't understand. I didn't understand that. That was ridiculous. These past few hours have been the longest, darkest of my life. How does one weigh human life? Uh, one more thing throughout the action parts of the scene. I wrote this down because this is very important to me. When you throw a grenade in a movie, you need to know the timing of when the grenade will explode. That's right. Because... If they have time to pick a grenade up and throw it back at you, you done left too much time. <laughs> I, if, if the grenade goes off in five seconds, you should pull the pin one, two, three. Throw on three. Right. Because if you get a grenade thrown back at you, that's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> you did it wrong. That's not in real life. I mean, if it was a real-life grenade, I would say, okay, you throw it as soon as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially if you got to throw it far, yeah. But in a movie, you really should wait a little bit longer because a lot of people throw back grenade or kick back grenades in movies. Right. So the very ending of this movie, Nicolas Cage tells the U.S. government, oh, Sean Connery died. And Sean Connery hears him say this, so he knows Nicolas Cage is on his side. And then uh, Sean Connery, what, like swims away? Uh, he, he, there's some scuba gear that oh, he has right, still yeah. there that he's able to get. By the way, Nicolas Cage gets blown off the water by, uh, blown off the island by a missile from a fighter jet. He survives a lot of explosions that just push him away. Right. And then a delicate pipe flute plays. 
And Sean Connery dives down in the water and f- apparently knows exactly where Nicolas Cage kind of fell in. And it is a really sensitive moment for no good reason at all. It's just like, I will save this man from the water. He's a surrogate father figure. Surrogate father. So anyway, Sean Connery then tells him that in some church in Kansas, there's like micro dot that says all these secrets. And that's the beginning of National Treasure. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it is, Nate. That is correct. Let's rate this movie. All right. Let's rate this movie on a scale of zero to five guitars, because let's be honest, that's what it has to be. Mm -hmm. Zero to five guitars. Nate, what do you say? (sighs) I'm going to give The Rock two guitars out of five. I expected to like this movie a lot more, and I don't know if it's just almost 25 years later. I see this with new kind of adult eyes. Maybe I would have loved it in the early 2000s had I seen the whole thing, but the script is no good. I would almost all, I guess one of my guitars is Sean Connery. Right. It's just Sean Connery's voice, Sean Connery looking up at Ed Harris and them having their scene where they stare at each other and ed harris is the other guitar (laughs) i don't necessarily need nicholas cage but i think ed harris is great in this movie he's pretty good apparently he did not like how michael bay shot him so close and didn't show his whole body it was just like a bunch of close-ups on his face that is true apparently still doesn't like the way he was shot in this movie (laughs) and sean connery is amazing even if it's really just him jogging around but here's what i would have liked more of less action more escapey kind of sleuthy things that you actually do need sean connery for because Right. I don't know how much. They, I mean, they kind of needed him, but it was vague. Yeah. And Nicolas Cage, apparently all he needed to show someone how to do was pull up the green balls out of tube, grab chip from within, replace. And that was all he needed to know. So two out of five. You can watch it if you want, but I don't recommend it. No. I don't know. I was going to give it two, but I thought that was a little too gracious. So I'm giving it one and a half. Mm. One and a half guitars, one for Sean Connery. And because Ed Harris is only in this movie for, what, nine total minutes? Ed Harris probably has also looked the same for the past 25 years, which is also remarkable. He doesn't age. He's frozen in that form. Yeah, he's an X-Man. Mm-hmm. But anyway, one and a half. Now, a car chase scene that you fondly remember from a movie. Nate, is there any that you could remember that you would say that was a good car chase? Steven, I have to be honest. I'm not a huge car chase fan in movies. I think they're obligatory and they're usually not super cool. I don't know if it's just, I don't know. One I remember as liking back in the day was Born Identity. Oh, that's a good one. Because this was before Shaky Cam became so shaky. (laughs) But I remember (laughs) it feeling like actually real and gritty. Yeah. And like, oh yeah, this is how you'd actually drive like a Volvo around. I don't know where they were, like Poland or something. Right. So that I have fond memories of that, but I'm typically not a car chase lover. I'm going to mention two. The first one is a little bit of a cop out, but it's the Matrix 2 Reloaded. And it is the like 20 minute car chase scene. You just like those teleporting twins. I mean, they're cool, but there's some good driving in that. I mean, Trinity's on the motorcycle, Morpheus on the trucks. Some cool stuff in that in that mm-hmm. scene. So anyway, that, that one's a fun one. But I find if there's a car chase in a Mission Impossible movie, it's going to be good. 
And a lot of 007 movies. Oh, but hold on a second. I have to say my second one, which is in Fast and the Furious, I believe the first one, they have cars that when they rob those uh, semi-trucks, the yeah. cars go underneath yeah. for no good reason, but right. they swerve underneath. <laughs> that was cool, too. That is pretty cool. But I think it was in Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, where there's like a car chase scene in like the str- desert, desert streets of Morocco or something, mm-hmm. and Tom Cruise is driving. And ben, Benji, I think his name is, is in the passenger seat. But what makes those fun is there's cool driving and dodging and action, but it's also kind of funny. Yeah. You know, they intersperse like a humor in there, and I could appreciate that. And they're they're fun to watch. So that's that's what I'm going to say. Mission Impossible, whatever that one is, Ghost Protocol or something. Wonderful. That's a good one. All right. Well, listeners, tell us what you think. Favorite car chase? Let us know what you thought of The Rock. We'd love to interact with you on Instagram at Movies on the Side. You could follow us there. Don't forget to give us a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts. That'll help us be discovered by more movie lovers like you. And don't forget, we have bonus episodes every week. You can go to patreon.com slash movies on the side and listen to Nate and I talk about all kinds of things, about life, all that good stuff. Anyway, patreon.com slash movies on the side. Thanks for listening, and like we always say... I want a sweet, a shower, a shave, and a fill of a suit. Oh, never mind. Okay, I'm going to cut all that out. <laughs> 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 <laughs>